That's a cat. Oh, Don Johnson. <laughs> it looks like Dusty, actually. Look at that. It does look like Dusty. It looks like a mangy Dusty, but still. There's also this another cat. That's, you know, so cats saying words yeah. is almost like I was looking at, um, we were goofing around on Slack at work the other day, and I posted the subreddit for um, things with faces. You know, just car, you know, yeah. certain pictures of right. buildings or cars that look like faces. And that's kind of hypnotizing. You start looking at those, and you're like... You just... it's, it's crazy how, how tuned in the human brain is to faces. Mm-hmm. We well, can see faces at anything. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that again? That's uh, something about Mary. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember Harlan Williams being the shaker. I couldn't remember what movie it was. I'm all cracked. Oh, what's this now? That's just a soundboard. My name is Jeff. Like a mouse. Oh, yeah, dropping loads. <laughs> I don't have that one. Got a couple reactions, you know, like. And, uh... It's over 9,000! <laughs> yeah. oh, and then you played this one the other day, but, uh, you know, this is a new favorite of mine. <laughs> <laughs> That is, it's such a good uh-huh. Slack, sound. Slack needs audio emojis. Yeah. Oh, it so much needs audio emojis. People <laughs> have actually requested it, and they're they say they're working on it, but uh-huh. it's they feel it's going to be like the most opted out feature. Right. Yeah. But how do you that that sound is it, it's so good for all those times when you tried something and it just nope, <laughs> yeah. nope, <laughs> yeah. This Transatlantic Creek is way too cold. Mm-hmm. Just came out of the fridge. Tastes like cherry water. <laughs> Gonna let that puppy warm up for half an hour. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um. So, let's see. I told you off the air, but I just played Ghostbusters for the kids today. Uh-huh. I was a little worried that, you know, I was hoping it wasn't going to be too scary with the gargoyle dog things. There's that one scene where um, Dana's sitting on the couch and her apartment gets possessed and the arms come up to the couch and lock her into the chair and the chair slides into the kitchen. It's probably the scariest scene of the whole movie right there. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully... Kids don't. I like. I, I kind of like said, kids. This is a funny movie, not a scary movie. You know, kind of setting the. The thing is, though, that 
most of the humor is way is is beyond the kids. I think. Yeah. They they got some. I mean, they can get the one liners. The yeah, you know, but they they enjoy. I mean, there's definitely a silliness to yeah. the movie. Um, and that that's that's the fun of the movie is mm-hmm. is those silly like like the the scene. I mean, the big set piece of them in the hotel where they you know they had their where they meet Slimer the first time right. that that is a great sequence that carries a lot destroying of destroying the yeah. ballroom and yeah. everything you know i was telling greg i probably have not seen ghostbusters in its entirety since i was 12 years old mm-hmm. 14 years old something like that so there's a whole bunch like i never appreciated like how by the seat of their pants they were like yeah is this even going to work type stuff you know and, and things like that um so yeah i mean a lot of that stuff really holds up right they're these paranormal academics and you know all of a sudden they're thrust into ghost busting and they took a big leap of actually getting yeah. the equipment made and you know working and it works the first time but still like you know how like holy shit, this works, you know, let's do this. You know, I appreciate that a lot more than I ever remember in the movie. And uh, Yeah, a lot of, it really does hold up because that stuff is solid and there are good jokes to propel all that stuff forward. It's so weird seeing casual smoking a, a yeah, main character yeah. in the movie. It's, very, very strange. It's so weird. You know, it's been so long since you've seen a main character just having a casual smoke while he's doing his job. Usually that's now reserved for, like, evil people or, or rebels as yeah. opposed to just, you know, the hero. Like yeah, Ray. I mean... I mean, Ray was not, is, is not a guy who would smoke in today's... No, no, not at all. Yeah. And, you know, he's having a cigarette while he's fixing the car. He's having a cigarette while he sees Slimer for the first time. Yeah. And then later on, Peter and Ray are both having cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... it's um. Think of the era, you know. Like, yeah. Well, Allie commented, like, right... They were in the floor, ground floor of the hotel, and there's a guy waiting, right? And they talk about the cockroach. I'll bite your head yeah. off, right? And he has a cigar. And they get into the elevator, and the back of the elevator it says no smoking. And I got a kick that there was a sign that said no smoking. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, there's a sign that says no smoking. <laughs> like, how crazy is that mm-hmm. that they need a sign that says no smoking? Yeah. Bite your head off, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I I didn't remember the protonic reversal line, uh-huh. and someone used that on Slack like earlier in the week. And I watched. I'm like, oh, that's what he meant. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's bad. Important <laughs> tip, guys. <laughs> I don't know how I've gone so long without watching Ghostbusters. It's you know, it's one of those for me. It was you no, know, I've seen it. Yeah, I've got the tropes and the memes. And but there's a lot of detail in there mm. that just so it's also a really well edited movie. Yeah, I mean it flows very nicely. It, it and has those just the right moments of of conflict and and resolution. And it really it has the nice roller coaster effect of build, you know, build and go down, build and go down. I was watching the um, so all the practical special effects in the library, the opening scene. 
and like I was thinking about how that would be done today. Like the when the uh, the card catalogs open up, right? Uh-huh. And the cards are shooting out. You can kind of tell that they had this little thing on the spring with rubber wheels in there that was just shooting the cards out, right? And just doing it linearly from yeah. the end. And it was an effective it was an effective special effect. To me at forty years old, thirty nine years old, I could see how it was done. It didn't look that scary. Uh-huh. It, looked, it looked more mechanical. Right. But I also remember what it looked like when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, it looks like shit's flying out of the card catalog. And I was thinking, like, what would they do today? And it would probably look more cartoony, right? It would probably be a lot of CG with stuff, like, not just shooting up, but flying around. Flying and at the screen yeah. and yeah. 3D. And, yeah. yeah. And um, when the, you know, the, the, oh, the books kind of, they must have been on some kind of, like, Lucite track or something, right? Where they're flying straight yeah. across. There's no wavering. Or, you know, you think of a ghost handling a book, it's going to be woo but you know in these effects they're like on a rail yeah and yeah, uh, limited budget and they did what they could oh, sure time, sure yeah. no but i was appreciating the effects and they were not shitty effects you know but mm-hmm. you know thinking about i think the book effect where the book was floating across the aisle would have been better with a little bit of technology i think the car catalog effect they would have thought it was better but it would have been worse it would have been more cartoony yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that the the guns were all rotoscoped right that's yeah the guns are probably rotoscoped i think the transparent ghosts were probably the um front projection stuff mm-hmm. you know where there's a, a a screen in front of the characters and they're shooting it off of that that i think that's how they did all that 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 that's common. I mean, that went from the '80s back to the yeah. '30s. That kind of effect, uh, just the quality of that transparency would have been mm-hmm. in question, or you know, the best in the '80s, and then shortly after that, that effect's practically gone. It reminds me. I um, I listened to the riff tracks for Force Awakens, and so I watched Force Awakens. I I remember I was watching it, and I remember something that I noticed at the very beginning was. This looks cheap because the very first scene, I think it was a reshoot, the stuff in the desert, it's all on a very obvious soundstage. Okay. You can, because I mean, it's it's just, you know, you, there's the dirt and then it's just black because that's that's where the wall is. Okay. And it's very obvious and it looks kind so, of cheap. Oh, you mean like when Poe's like by his X-Wing or? All the, all the stuff. When, All the stuff when, when the, they come down. So the fire, yeah, fi- the yeah. the flamethrowers uh-huh. and the frozen yeah, yeah. blaster bolt. Okay. Now, I mean, some of the stuff I haven't really watched that scene too too critically, so I hadn't noticed that. But... Yeah, if you look for it, it really is noticeable. It's much less noticeable the stuff uh, in the um, where they're fighting at the end. That's us obviously on a soundstage too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the jungle stuff. Oh, you is... mean they didn't make the ground crack apart? <laughs> or or have snow that somehow hits a face and doesn't melt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might have been really cold snow. It might have been like eighty below zero. Right. Well, then they would have probably been breathing that, and they would have had frostbite. But yeah. Ray would have definitely been too cold to fight. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. I mean, because I was watching it just. 
appreciate it. There were plenty of stuff that was shot practical and, and shot outside. I mean, when they when they uh, were in the the place where Ray found the Millennium Falcon, all that stuff, mm-hmm. that was all outside. The stuff at the temple, that was all outside. So there mm-hmm. was a clear stuff, you know, stuff that had to be right. really controlled. You needed to put it into those. But the, the I did remember the first time I, I saw it, that I did feel like, wow, this looks really cheap because the the opening scene, oh, okay. and it's, it's kind of long, it's a couple minutes, yeah, and it's all on the soundstage, and it's really kind of obvious. Now I'll notice it. Yeah. I, I, I never picked up on it so much. I'm trying to think of like my impressions on that scene. Um, I can't think of any time I really looked to the background. I mean, other than like when we're looking at the central square and you're looking back at the old guy's hut, you know, because mm-hmm. he was right off the central square. I never really paid much attention to the background. I mean, other than Kylo's shuttle and that guy's hut, I was really looking at the foreground the whole time. So, I mean, I think maybe to argue that is they kept all the action right in the foreground so you didn't notice yeah, the I mean, matte paintings and the murals in the background and stuff like that. It's really interesting because they cut to, at the very end of that scene, they cut to BB-8 on a sand dune mm-hmm. and that's outside you can really oh. tell they shot that okay. outside and everything <laughs> shot all the stuff before it and and then and the movie does take off from that point mm-hmm. so it was fine it, i remember when i like like i said when i first watched it i saw that and i was like okay this looks really cheap and then after that i didn't have that thought at all i wonder why they uh it seems like you know Especially for the opening scene, you're doing an outside. You would figure for the whole redemption value, JJ would want to do all the outside scenes outside. But maybe because it's a night scene, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of practical implications. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure lighting a night scene and making it look good and not street lights, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the stage has to be pretty bright. Oh yeah, they had that. I mean, it's a pretty large stage. And but they had I'm that saying, pretty I'm big saying, area I'm saying, to there's be a able... lot of stuff happening too. So yeah, they had to be pretty bright with a right. lot of area. But to be able to capture the stuff and to make it look like darkness, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing I would like to see. I would like to get a, a, a personal impression of what a night scene, a good, well shot night scene, looks like practically to people there. Like, how bright is it? Yeah, I mean. There's been a couple scenes like uh, what movie was that? It's an older movie, early '80s, where but you could tell they definitely took like a daylight shot and did yeah stuff oh, a lot. To... They, they do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. They, they they blue that they yeah. make it bluer. Um, I mean that's just that that's shit you have to do when you're making movies, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I mean, every yeah, I think of this regularly. I'm I'm, I'm seeing a really dark scene where it's lit well. Um, some of the better, the better call saw that opening scene mm-hmm. where Chuck was changing light bulbs and stuff. Right. Uh, you know, like I thought of it then, you know, but every time there's a really dark scene where you can see a lot of detail, I'm like, I wonder how dark it really is mm-hmm. on stage on set. Yeah. And I would love to actually get to experience that sometime just to know. And I, you could, there, you could probably like, they're probably filmmaking courses online. that will teach yeah. you all that kind of stuff. So. I don't want to do work. I just kind of want to be privy to it. <laughs> uh, I still say you should watch those Planket reviews. I watch will. The, watch I will. the Star Wars yes, 
one and two. Um, like I said, I, I think the third one that I showed you was the best sort of overt criticism, mm-hmm. but the first two are very, very funny and uh, slightly more nitpicky in some cases. Not as much over it, but but definitely very, still very astute. Like the problem, one of the things that I remember is before, like the Plinkett stuff, I would hear a lot of stuff about how the real the issue with the film was Jar Jar, and while Jar Jar is is mentioned, he's not like it's not the it's much more a symptom than it is the cause mm-hmm. of the of the issues, and it's recognized. Uh, I think one of the lines in, in the episode one review is um, something about uh, that if if you're making a movie for kids, then you should really have this. Uh, you should really have a decent plot structure so kids can like. Right, right. Especially if you're making, and I think the line was especially if you're making a movie for kids where a cartoon rabbit steps in the poopy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? 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 That's for like eleven-year-olds, right? I mean, that joke is just for like eleven-year-olds and only eleven-year-olds. Well, and below. No, it's not good for. It's not appropriate for eight-year-olds. What stepping in poop? Okay, maybe eight-year-olds. I don't know. It feels like eleven-year-old boys are the only ones who really like the poopy joke. It's like the farting fire robot in right. Transformers. Right. Yeah, it's that. Don't get me wrong. A good fart joke can be funny. I mean, it's it's not like just because a joke is sophomoric is not necessarily funny. Mm-hmm. There's a right place and there's a there's a right situation where those things can pay off. But you either have to you have to be you have to do it in the right way. You rule of threes it maybe you uh, you have it be you do the sort of thing where you overdo it and then you overdo it to the point where it becomes funny again. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to really, right. you have to right. play with that sort of thing. It's not just funny because it's farting. Cool story, bro. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. There are better sound drops. Yeah, I really off derailed, derailed that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here, let's get this back on track. Uh... I love sucking cock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... There you go. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I don't think so. Winner, winner, sheen dinner. (laughs) (laughs) This is soundboard app. Let's see if we got all kinds of nonsense in here. We got it. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, there's something. 
you name your hero He-Man. Okay. How much? How much thought went into that name? What's his name? He's he man. He man. It's a new word, though. I mean, it has a different meaning now. I mean, it, he's they invented a word, and then you make or, the female what, version of the character, and she can't be she woman. She ra. She ra. Was he man a, a term before? I don't think so. Might have been. It might have been. I suppose, but it just doesn't sound. It sounds really lazy. <laughs> Like super lazy. No, it does sound super lazy, but I think He Man might have been a term prior to the cartoon. Like GoBots lazy, where they didn't even have <laughs> lasers; they shot lasers out of their fists. They didn't even have guns. I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles. Mm-hmm. I bet you do. Oh, let's watch the trailer for Armageddon. You were warned. Armageddon? Not the asteroid movie, I no, guess. No, huh? no. Okay. Amerigeddon. I'm sorry. Amerigeddon. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. warned films. The reason I'm here today is to encourage the U.S. Congress to take action to protect our country from its most imminent threat. Electricity. Hollywood. You know, it, it's nice. He has a nice Texas accent there uh-huh. because, you know, I, all the assholes come from Texas. It would cease. The internet would go down and the banking system. The internet would go down. For what? It's like that's the greatest threat is the internet goes down. But he's talking about electricity or, or is he? What's he t- I think it's I, th- I think it's an EMP, I guess. Ew. The smokescreen of national security used by government at every level. Bunch of guys who are with guns. Oh, so this is just a bu- uh, bunch of words, right? Yeah. Okay. Just just words. Words. A strong America is the only thing standing in the way. Country only needs a little chaos. We have a fog that has descended on our entire nation. Hello, Mr. President. Now is the time. The average American family only has three days of food. We need to talk face to face. This is important. Sir, what's the mission? Disarm the population and restore order. Do you have any weapons inside your home or on your person? You had to give the president power to arrest any American by simply accusing them of terrorism. The vanity of nationalism will quickly fade. These are but the birth pangs of a new world order. I'm just so afraid of the world that you're going to have to grow up in. This is a time, man, woman, young or old. Is this a real movie? Folks run and hide. Yeah. Uh, theatrical well, release? I don't know how wide. And they fight. It's like... When you sell your soul, it's a one-time thing. There's no going back. Fuck! It's like a. a um, it's it looks awful, doesn't it? I mean, it looks like a, a movie of the week. Yeah. Type acting and and writing. With the crazy alarmist. <laughs> I do like good Armageddon stuff, though. 
But that's not good Armageddon. It doesn't stuff. look like good Armageddon stuff. No, yeah. I would, I would, I'd be the guy that's, I'd be inclined to watch it and then be like yelling at the entire fucking time. I mean, it might be fun, but I mean, I kind of want to watch, even though I've heard it's terrible. That, well, I don't want to watch it because it's three parts of it. But the, someone did, they did an Atlas Shrugged. Okay. And they made it like three parts and. The first part had the most money, and then the second part had like much less money, and then the third part was like <laughs> shoestring, and <laughs> it's super obvious because they have like some budget in the first one, and then in the third one they have like you know tables like this. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, do whatever we can find. <laughs> This was really cool. This sort of magic thing, which it—I it, okay. mean, it's all visual, so I don't want to show it to you. But there, there are a couple of really cool um, uh, sleight of hand tricks. I can see how they're done, but they're still just—it's really cool to watch somebody do them. Okay. Uh, so it's really neat. I'll check it out. It's yeah. on our Slack channel. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about. I don't really have much. Yeah. This uh, week I'm just playing shitty soundboard things. I got kind of spent um watch anything good on tv other than game of thrones oh i still gotta watch kimmy schmidt i haven't watched that yet all right um oh um max asked he asked me if i could download deadpool so he could watch deadpool sure oh really yeah i thought deadpool was like rated r like oh absolutely not for kids well, yeah, but um, he'll be fine. Really? You can watch it before you see it. I mean, it, it's your judgment. Yeah. I thought it was like like the worst superhero movie. Well, there's lots of curse words, and there are boobs at one point. Okay. But there's, I mean, it, it's a very, there's so much that'll just go over his head. And it's it's just a fun movie, but it's very straightforward and very play and and the the story is is dead bog simple. So okay. there's nothing too horrible about it. He likes guns, he likes <laughs> all that stuff, and there are right. funny moments in it. I honestly legitimately it would be worse for him to sit through Batman vs. Superman <laughs> because he'd be bored out of his mind and there's nothing fun about it, so he wouldn't even be like so he'd be he wouldn't even be pulled into it so right so he would just he'd feel all the horribleness as opposed to with Deadpool he's pulled along for the ride and so okay. it's just you know it's a silly I'll have to watch it and see if yeah. uh... it's weird you know when you're a parent though your outlook changes a lot like Ghostbusters right the worst things they say are pissed and shit and I'm like because you know, I know Max picked it up, and now I'm gonna have to like make sure he like knows it's not okay to say piss and shit. And, you uh, if you're general. worried about that, then <laughs> well, I mean, maybe Deadpool's not the right thing. Exactly. Um, I'm not know if I'm worried about it. It's just the it's a uh, what is it? I don't know. The, 
I don't, I don't know. Just, you know. Well, you know Max more than I do. You know whether Max is, is liable to start spouting this stuff off. Oh, he already. He'll be a. Let's see. He uses Dammit regularly. Uh-huh. He uses. Um, what's the other one he uses? I if he starts using cunt, then you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe pair back, but <laughs> it's like Allie was playing with a soundboard app, and there uh-huh. was that um, one that said, "Oh fuck or fuck you," uh-huh. <laughs> and um, Heather and I are both in the room, and she's looking, at and and she was like shocked. She's like, "It says fuck," <laughs> and she said that right, and then like, <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I respond to that? She knows it's a bad mm-hmm. word. But she also didn't say the F word. She she said it, you know, which is good. I, I'm proud of her. But she, kids, she kids knows. know all these words. I know. She knows where to use it and yeah. where not to That's use it. That's the important thing is not is, is that in a in a silly movie like this, you can use these silly words. But they're only meant for silly things like this. They are not meant for yeah. So for Max it's a lot harder to know if he'll understand yeah. that. Yeah. And not incorporate those words into his language. So that's the the only thing I I you know like I'm not worried about bad words. I'm worried about a five year old not knowing when it's appropriate to use any words. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let's get you Deadpool so you can watch it. And, I, and I have it. Already. Oh, you have it. Okay. Have it already. So yeah, I I don't think that you'll maybe I'll watch it tonight. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I really. There's nothing. There's nothing like gross or sick about it, other than words and lots of people getting shot, which Max right. loves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> typical American. Yeah. I don't have a problem with yeah. violence. It's it's uh, the it's the bad words. Yeah, I probably have less problem with Max seeing a, a fleeting boob than. Uh, the then, incorporating language into his okay. So then, here's the movie you should watch again. You should watch Airplane because that there's one scene of boobs in it, uh-huh. right? but it totally holds up. It's very funny, and there are jokes that everyone will enjoy. You think the kids will like that? Yeah. I remember watching it and thinking like, hey. like at that age, like not even at that age, like as a teenager, be like. Really? Yeah. yeah, I remember thinking it was like dumb. Oh, it's so good. Have, when was the last time you watched it? Long time ago. I'm not saying it's still dumb. I'm saying I remember yeah. I watching it at much older than Allie and thinking that the jokes were dumb. It's like I said, it really holds up well. Uh, it's uh, an almost pitch perfect parody. Um. There's so many good things in there. <laughs> yeah, you'd love it. You would absolutely love it if you watched it today. All right, I'll watch it again. Don't sound, don't sound like I'm making No, no, no. I will, I, will, I will watch it. I just, I'm surprised. I, it just, yeah, like I said, when I watched it, it just seemed like corny jokes. Like, I mean, they're corny, right? But it, of didn't, course, it yeah. didn't seem like there was like a, a sum, a sum of the corniness that was actually like, good you know it just seemed like tripe but it's it's relentless and it goes for the joke every it's time tapping. oh it's the 
It goes for the joke every time. And and like I said, it, it, it wears you down to the point where you are simply laughing at, at the silliest shit. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's very... I totally I I really think it totally holds up. Okay. Then I'll watch it again. I do not think the kids will appreciate it. Maybe not. But you will. I mean, I got I'm watching Back to the Future and Ghostbusters, yeah. so I'm working on it. Watch Allie the Re- Goonies. They'll like the Goonies. Oh, we almost watched that today. I'm like, Ghostbusters or Goonies? Ghostbusters or Goonies? I wasn't sure. And then after we started Ghostbusters, I'm like, I probably should have done Goonies instead. <laughs> and then Allie really wants to watch Back to the Future 2, but Max didn't like Back to the Future, mm. so I don't want to put it on when he's interested in watching something. Go for, go for the Goonies. Um, what else? still holds up I downloaded I'm not sure whether this holds up it might have never been good but I remember watching Flight of the Navigator when I was a kid and liking it so I got that they'll probably like it I I don't remember much of it so I remember liking that as a kid Uh, Short Circuit yeah Short Circuit I I don't think it holds up probably not probably not but there, I mean, when we were kids, it was it was the only way to see a cool robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a couple funny lines in it. There's there, there is a line I still remember that I really loved, which is, um, I've said it before on the show, I believe. Where it, uh, you know, Fisher Stevens plays the an Indian guy, <laughs> like a totally racist caricature. I, I, I haven't seen it so long. Uh, but um, the the robot gets away. And the guy who's in charge that you know yells at uh, at um, what's his name uh, Steve Gutenberg and, and Fisher Stevens and says you know what if what if he gets away and and melts a busload of nuns would you how would you like to write the headline on that and the Fisher Stevens goes nun soup <laughs> let's see what else did I get I got. Uh... Download the first Harry Potter to see if they'd be interested in that. Max has been asking about Lord of the Rings. Eee. Those are long. And he can't even say, well, look, watch The Hobbit first? Because it's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He won to watch Lord of the Rings, so I downloaded that. Um, I already mentioned all the classics I got. I got Short Circuit, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Flight of the Navigator. Back to the Future was one and two. That's it. Oh, I got the great. I got the Hateful Eight. I still gotta watch. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. Revenant is that good? I mean, should I watch? I've, it? I've heard it was good. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I'm not really interested it. in it. It's not my kind of film. That's the thing. I'm like, it's like it yeah. doesn't seem like a kind of film that I like. I hear. I oh, Steve, the guy that was turning on the show, he's like, Revenant was awesome. You need to watch it. So I one thing I did hear, and I believe, is that Tom Hardy was awesome in it. Okay. Yeah, so I need to watch that. And, uh, I think I, I think I told you that uh, they watched Night at the Museum. They enjoyed that. Mm. I mean, that's not really a classic. That's no. just that's that's, that's a, pandering to the yeah. kids. Yeah, but it's but but like you say, you know, I feel I feel good for uh, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant. <laughs> and, you know, they, they they're able to do all types of stuff because they. <laughs> they wrote a shitty kids movie <laughs> right 
I'm really behind on At Midnight. I probably got like 20 of them to catch up on. Don't, you know, I, yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where you can just you watch catch it. You catch it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't need to, there's no storyline you have to keep up with. Did you watch any of the uh, Not Safe with Nikki Glaser? No. It was, it's a it's a little half hour show, like panel show about sex things. and I don't know, it was worth watching. I liked more like the stuff, um... David Reese has a, had a good program. Uh, I think it's still on. But it's not. I mean, I think it's they're making a season three called uh, um, Going Deep with David Reese. It was about like how to do very simple things, but okay. in depth about simple things. That's cool. Like tying your shoes or opening a door. <laughs> and you'd be surprised at what get lighting a match and then what goes into right. all those things. So. Yeah, there's the the book about making a pencil. Yeah, you know from raw ingredients, or the guy who made it tried to make a toaster from raw material. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know much else to say. I think that's it. Yeah. I I watched a couple episodes of um, Samantha Bee's show. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Daily Show stuff. Uh, last week tonight is, is still spot on, mm-hmm. awesome, amazing commentary. And it did this the segment on Puerto Rico, and then they got the guy from Hamilton to do. You know, it was like yeah, they they have they have pull, which other shows don't have. Yeah, it's it that's the new Daily Show. Yeah, you're right, and uh, I I feel like you know because of like all the. You know, the podcast that I listened to the last couple of weeks, the topics, like I've already been informed, you know, so uh-huh. I like, I like, you know, of course the, the encryption and the Snowden stuff, but you know, even more recently, the Puerto Rico one, what was the one they did previously? Credit you know, reports. Oh yeah. Credit, you know, uh, things like that. You know, I'm, I'm usually like already primed on the topic and, uh, uh yeah, it's Daryl Metcalf fucking one in primary by like 800 votes. So oh, that's that's it, just by eight hundred. Well, last two years ago, when his his opponent was a write-in, he only won by five hundred and forty. Oh. So he actually pulled ahead, and the guy was on the ballot this time. Mm. So cranberry likes bigots, I guess. So are you going to switch your party affiliation? I don't know. I'm not going to switch it till the next primary. I mean, it doesn't matter until yeah. you vote for primary because the closed primaries here. At least it's not in New York. It does matter because you get sent stuff. Yeah. You're gonna get sent a whole bunch of stuff because you're on the. You're gonna get a whole bunch of Republican stuff. Oh, am I? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. I never got any libertarian shit. <laughs> exactly. Um. So uh, Fetterman lost. I was surprised. I thought he. I. I. I didn't. You know, since I wasn't registered Democrat, I was. I didn't look into who, what he was running against, but I figured he was a shoe in for the primary. But John Fetterman, Mayor Braddock, was running for senator, and he lost the primary. Hmm. I guess because people outside of Pittsburgh, you know, it's statewide office, right? Yeah. And he and people outside of Pittsburgh really don't know who he is. It's a shame because that would have been. If I wasn't voting against Metcalf, I would have registered Democrat to vote for Fetterman. I think he's a great guy. I think that uh, we need more people like him. I couldn't vote in this one, so 
You could have. You just have to re-register. It's easy. It takes well, yeah. Months. I mean, I didn't. Yes. I didn't want to go through that. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to get Republican slash Democrat shit in the mail, and I didn't really care. Yeah. Uh, because I know I'm not going to vote for any of the Republicans. I, I, so. I voted for Kasich. I knew. Yeah. But I, I just couldn't vote for. Like I, I'm not I actually. You know. I guess I'm. I I hate Cruz more than Trump. I think. So I think it's reasonable. Uh, uh, they're so, both horrible, but in very different ways. You got to vote for who your um, delegates were. So Metcalf was on the ballot for delegates. So I got to vote against Metcalf not once but twice. I don't think it mattered because mm. we live in a state where fourteen thousand people vote for Ben Carson. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I, I responded that, well... Well, no, but you, you said millions. It was actually, there was only 1.4 million Republican voters in the primary. Okay, well, 14,000 out of 1.4 It was 0.93% of the, yeah, of the voters. A, it's an extraordinarily tiny percent. Almost, almost 1%. Almost 1 in 100 people voted for someone who's not running. So? Okay. That's a, that's a reasonable deviation out of 1.3 million. That's people who are so uninformed that yeah. they see his name on the ballot and assume, oh, maybe he's running again. Yeah. You don't expect that? I, I don't understand why you don't expect that sort of thing. Because well, I want an aptitude test before people can vote. That's the kind of thing that, that you should ex- you should expect some variation on the very tail end of that sort of thing. And 14,000 yeah. is, is a very tiny number compared to... It's 1%. To... That's not tiny. That's that is tiny. That is ridiculously tiny. I disagree. That's tiny. 1 in 100? Out of such a large sample, yeah, that's tiny. That's insignificant. And then... It has no statistical significance whatsoever. It was completely explained by outliers. Uh, come on, Google. They're not showing anymore. Because the... Um, so, Ben Carson came in fourth. Then I think it was Rubio came in fifth with like 11,000 votes. Mm-hmm. And then Jeb Bush came in sixth with 9,000 votes. And that's... Be- oh, there's a Bush on the ballot. I think it's just people who are like. There, there's also they took the time to go to their polling place to throw away their vote. There could also be absentee ballots count. I don't mm-hmm. know whether that was counted in there or not. Um, Maybe uh, they wouldn't have been counted in the like the like the ten o'clock at night. Balloting. There's also protests. You know, people who are going to vote yeah. for a particular car- guy as a protest. This is who I want. I want it to be known. There was like no names on the Democratic ballot. Like here, let me see. Yeah, I, I don't think there were. Um, interesting thing is, though, like my parents, I talked to them about it briefly, and they they said they they don't plan on voting, and that's fine. I mean, one mm-hmm. of one of the things about freedom to vote for your conscience is the freedom to not vote, mm-hmm. uh, and you know that's just as important. So. That's fine. They live in Maryland. It's not like Maryland's going to go to Trump anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going. To, I mean, the Republican is going to be Trump or was Trump, or, but it doesn't matter because Maryland is not a state that will vote for Trump. Okay, Pennsylvania is not a state that will vote for Trump. 
You don't think? I don't think so. Florida has a chance. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm scared. I think Pennsylvania is going to go Trump. I don't know. We'll see what Nate Silver's saying. But uh, I got at least I got I got a neighbor who likes Trump so much that he has a sticker on his car. Well, that always happens. <laughs> I know, but <sighs> I just wish I could understand. Uh, you probably don't want to. I mean, are they thinking like, okay, let's just let's just burn this whole thing down? That's a positive oh, component. There's also, uh, there is this weird American thing about if you're successful, that must mean you're good, and you don't even have to really be successful. You just have to show successful at marketing yourself. Yeah, you have to be successful at marketing yourself, uh, which Trump is. He's very successful at marketing himself. Right, which is very different being successful. <laughs> uh, it, Financially successful. Yeah, well, the thing is that there is there is this, lot, there is this myth in America uh, that if you're financially successful, you got there because you were good at what you did as opposed mm-hmm. to the reality, which is that you either were lucky, you could have been good, or you were lucky, or you simply read it on somebody's coattails or there's a whole bunch of other ways you can get to be successful without being good at something we have this illusion of a meritocracy when that is not at all how large scale things operate and then we had Cruz pick his running mate yeah a California was... I mean that was just to get a Californian before the California primary right, right. I mean that was the main reason right yeah, yeah. I, I, oh my god that I, I couldn't like anyone, I couldn't pick anyone worse than Carly Fiorina. Carly Fiorina. I mean, Chris Christie is a better asshole than Carly Fiorina. But he's on the Trump. Campaign, oh, I guess so, so. Yeah. And he hates Cruz. Everyone hates Cruz. Wasn't wasn't Fiorina's campaign people the? That rumor about sex scandal with Ted Cruz or whatever. I, it's, the whole Republican thing has been a total shit show. There, but wasn't there, there there was that thing, the Inquirer thing, where like... I thought that was, that was they, Trump. No, I thought it was because, Cruz. Because Trump was... I mean, but um, Trump was the guy who's, who's friends with the guy who, run, who runs the Inquirer. So there was a Cruz sex scandal. Thing. Yeah, it was a Cruz sex scandal, but it, but it was attributed oh. to Trump. But weren't they saying that Cruz was fucking one of Carly Fiorina's people? Oh, I I didn't know anything about that. And then that Cruz paid off Carly to, to shut up, and now she's VP? I have no idea. I don't know. I have to look into it. So I had heard that, you know, maybe maybe Trump, Trump probably planted it. But I think the rumor was that Cruz was fucking one of Carly's people. And that Cruz paid off Carly. And that was the end of that. And then weeks later, I got to pee. Cruz picks pee. Carly. I got to pee. Okay. Can you just talk so we don't have to, talk so don't have to stop yeah, it? Yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll pontificate, but not about politics. I will talk about, I don't know. Um, hey, everyone. How you doing? This is Jeff from Craft Beer Radio, and I am wasting time. Hey, did you hear that? There is a new $10 bill and $20 bill coming out. And the $20 bill is going to have 
Susan, oh, no. Harry Tubman on the front. And Andrew Jackson on the back, who was a slave owner. So that sounds interesting. That's getting too political for me. Um, things and stuff. Stuff and things. Why do I suck so bad? Um, anyone going to Philly for CBC this week? Looking to see you. Looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, God, this is hard. This is why I knew I needed a co-host to do Craft Beer Radio in the Ides of March in 2005. Because when I listened to podcasts of people doing podcasts by themselves, and if they were not amazing podcasters who were professionally trained, it sucked as bad as this. And if I was trying to do a beer podcast by myself, it would probably suck nearly this bad. This is a preview of what the last 10 years could have been if I wasn't smart enough to ask for a co-host to do craft beer radio. I'm saying this is how bad it could have sucked if I wasn't <laughs> smart enough to ask for a co-host because I knew that you needed two for banter yeah. to do a compelling show. Here's a question for you. Yes. Uh, I, I found this to be a, a cool question. Can a strong enough magnetic field slow down time in the same way gravity does? What? Uh, okay, so I'll talk through my thought process, yes. right? Because yeah. there's a lot of thinking here. Mm-hmm. It's like, slow down time. Let's think about particles. Are particles magnetic? What about photons? Can you have a magnet strong enough to slow down a photon? And, you know, I don't think you can, Greg. Okay, well, think about it this way. The particles that carry charge all have mass. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in order to build up a lot of charge, a lot of mass. Ew. So the question is a trick question. Sort of. Is there any kind of method to have a... A ridiculously strong magnetic field without a ridiculously large amount of mass and gravity? No. No. <laughs> what if you had magic magnets who were just like a zillion gals well, c- and it only weighed as much as an atom of hydrogen? Consider that they would... If you had that much charge... Condensed to a small thing that isn't. I didn't say small. I just said it wasn't massive. That's all I'm saying. But in order to have a lot of charge, charges repel. Like charges repel, and the amount of energy Ah, that's going to blow apart, and then it's going to equalize. It's going to go to equilibrium, right? So you need the gravity to overcome. Well, it's not. Is it gravity? It's. It's not gravity that holds a magnet together. It is chemical bonds. That right, holds a right. Together. But if you had that much charge, you would need something that there is. XKCD did a, did a thing on, on sort of this idea, which is could you have a proton Earth and an electron Moon? Oh, you mean like antimatter? 
No, like oh, no. the Earth, something the size of the Earth made of protons, something the oh. side of the Moon made of electrons. And realistically, no, because they would blow themselves apart because of charge. But at that mass, they make the point that most of the time, general relativity makes things a lot harder. But general relativity makes things easier to calculate at that because of that mass with that kind of charge, you're talking about a black hole. Okay. You, that much energy in there, that's a black hole. And that's probably a black hole the size of the universe. You're, or the mass of the universe. You're talking about an enormous amount of energy. Enormous. What? Okay, so here's a question which I do not think I know the answer to. You have a magnet. You have magnetic attraction. Mm -hmm. We have... What is the particle that relays? Is there a magnetron or something? What's photons. That? Photons. Photons relay the magnetic attraction. Huh. Why a photon? Why, why is something that we consider light? How's that? How's that convey a magnetic attraction? <laughs> How do I explain this to you? Yeah, you can't, but it, I'm it, asking the question. Yeah, but the question for me is how do I explain it without giving you either the wrong idea or telling you something that's not true? Um, well, okay, so here, why is magnetic attraction, which is, what, what force is that? That's the electromagnetic. Electromagnetic force, okay. All right. So, all right. And then light's electromagnetic, too. I get it. All right. I was going to ask, why is that different than gravity? But, okay, if that falls into electromagnetic. So now if I'm thinking about electromagnetic. Most of our world is dominated by electromagnetic forces. Right. So it's magnetism, it's electricity, it's light. It's radio waves. Yeah. All forms of radio waves. Remember that electricity is and magnetism are transverse. So there's one mm-hmm. phase that is electric and one phase that is magnetic. It's sort of like a, right. a plus sign. So photons convey all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And that's why it's electromagnetic. So the, the photon is the particle for electromagnetic. It right. has nothing to do with light so much i mean it not, happen, it's it not hap- specific to light it, like i said we are we live in, a, in an electro dynamic world that's the world that we have and and we have built up our se- our senses have evolved to utilize this array of stuff that's happening and it happens in this electromagnetic regime uh the specific regime it happens to be the uh our sensitivity to what our is it, is it, our sun is putting out, which is in this visual range. I feel dumb. I don't know more here, so I'm going to ask you questions. And actually, it's probably good for the listeners. But okay, so a photon that is transmitting radio waves versus light versus X rays is different energy levels. Yeah, a photon that transmits magnetism is where I presume it's another energy level. No, no, it's it's the same thing. It's just uh, so magnetism has to do with 
I don't. How do you explain this? Realistic. I mean, isn't it on the same scale though? I mean, you have lower energetic photons that do radio. Well, the you thing have is, higher energetic energetic photons that do visible light. The thing is that elect uh, uh, electricity and magnetism are very much the same thing. It's just that they're viewed differently from different perspectives in special relativity. Uh, you can, in fact, show that it is the movement of electrons in the special relativity their movement uh in uh of charge through a wire is creating a magnetic field because of special relativity okay. it's because of the perspective of the electron versus the perspective of an outside observer uh, so there there it's it's difficult for me to explain that uh, without going into a whole lot of detail um but they are very much related. They're not separate forces. They are the same thing, just viewed in a different... It's just a different view. The magnetic force can be viewed as the electric force. But if I'm holding two magnets close enough that I can feel the pull, uh -huh. that pull is being conveyed by photons, you said. No. Well, can... The information that tells my right-hand magnet that it's being pulled towards the left-hand magnet yeah. is a particle, and that particle is a photon. It's not a particle. It's a virtual particle. It's, it's um, You can't measure the photons that are going between two magnets. They are The two magnets, the two charges, are interacting with the... Uh, electromagnetic fields, which is okay. made, which is photons. Photons are quanta of the electromagnetic field, uh, but they are interacting. The charges are interacting with the electromagnetic field, and that is causing. So there's either a valley or a hill between the two magnets, right? And that valley is a valley or a hill in the field, right? And the to me. Some physicist said, you know, let's kludge this together and stick some photons in there to explain the particle. <laughs> I mean, I, I got this last time when I was talking about virtual particles, but they're, mm -hmm. they are not what you and I would consider particles, but they are very much a part of the right. equations. They're a way of looking at the problem, uh, a way of looking at how the dynamics works. And uh, okay, so then how is a virtual photon close enough to a real photon to be called the same thing? Well, they're, they're not the same thing. But you just said they're photons. They're photons. They're, they are... How many kinds of photons are there? <laughs> the, the, the problem is that there is... Uh, there photons is... with distinct properties. Yeah, well... How there, many are there? There are, there are photons that can freely propagate. And there are excitements of the field that, since they are excitements of the field, we call them photons or refer to them as photons, but they are not, they don't have the ability to freely propagate. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm surprised that this is the first time I'm like thinking about this slash hearing about this. It's like, it's like a, it's, I just realized there's this like big chasm in my knowledge, like, how did I not ever it's, look at this before? That was what I was trying. I'm glad you're getting here because that was what I was trying to sort of inform you about with the last one was that there is – these virtual particles aren't what you would call particles and they aren't really 
they aren't independent of the interactions that, that are occurring around them. They're, they're very much a part of that. So the interesting thing about like uh, the photons that you you would consider particles is you they just they go, right? They just go. Mm-hmm. Whereas the photons, you the virtual photons that are attracting magnets, they only are around those magnetic areas. They don't leave that area okay. because essentially what you're what you're saying is. You can either use a charge, wiggle it around enough to create a photon of the right potential so it will just move off. It'll be regular. Or you have these charges that you can bring together and they influence the field around them to attract each other because, like you said, they're through dips in the field that are pulling towards one another. Okay, you can sort of look at it like all right. So there, there's a, one of the interesting things about particles. Well, well, I mean, one of the very interesting things about physics is uh, everything tries to get to to its lowest energy state. Right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. But this is why massive particles tend to not exist very long. This is why, like muons, decay. All these other, all these massive particles tend to decay into things until they can't decay any further. Uh, and it's just because they're created at a very high energy and they have pathways to to go into lower energies. And so they're very likely going to utilize that over time, over any significant period of time. So you have these massive uh, gauge bosons, these W and Zs, that very quickly, like over the course of like not even an, enough to get past a nucleus of an atom, they decay into other stuff. Uh, because just they are massive and they want to get into a less massive state. And they ultimately then fall down into the lowest energy state they possibly can be. You know, electrons, uh, neutrinos, All right, so photons. I, I probably need to refresh here. Photons are the particle that conveys the electromagnetic field. Yes. What is the particle for, like, the strong force and weak force? So the strong force would be the gluon. Gluon, that's right. Okay. The weak force, there are two particles that make up the weak force. There are two charged bosons of the W nature. And then there's a Z, which is an uncharged boson. All right. Now, we have actually have, and we have linked electromagnetism and weak force to show that at high enough energies, there really is three W's and something called a B boson that are all parts of this overall electro electro weak force that then interact with this Higgs mechanism to create these dub, these two charged Ws, one Z and one photon. Okay. Thanks. And then gravity we know gravity is pretty straightforward, right? You know, it's gravity graviton. graviton. Well, we yeah. we, we, we haven't been able yes. to I know, I know, I yeah. know, but yeah. The best theories that have not been disproved are the graviton. We haven't been able to... I mean, in theory, you should be able to quantize any field. Right. We have not been able to quantize gravity. Right. And then are there any field or forces I'm forgetting right now? No, that's it. You get yeah, gravity, just, yeah. strong, weak, electromagnetic. Those okay. are it. That's it. All right. That's all you got. Right. So okay. far. Right, I knew that, but it's late. <laughs> no, it's your, I get, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not something so, you think about a lot yeah, unless yeah. you're unless you're really like unless you're it. you. Yeah, right. Um, okay, 
Alright, so that's cool. I, I, so I you wish, should... you know, it'd be cool. I, I feel unsatisfied. It's not your fault, but I feel unsatisfied about how the magnetic field between two magnets is these virtual photons and how that works. But... And I expect that you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't have a good explanation that I can give you that doesn't cheat. Right. Uh, at, at a certain point, you have to... I don't know whether it's necessary that you have to know the math, but you have to get the concept, and the math is extremely helpful in getting the concept. Uh, so, because the math is a very standardized way of, of right. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um. I do think that a certain that, that ultimately this stuff comes down to conceptual stuff, and you can get by if you have the conceptual understanding. You don't need to have the mathematical understanding, but right. the math helps you under, helps you bridge those gaps right. without telling you. Uh, Trust me. Yeah, right. And I, it's it's like why I. When they explain Hawking radiation, they always explain it as virtual particles. And it does, it's not really. It's a very heuristic model, and it's not very good. The, the the real explanation has to do with something called UNRWA radiation. But to explain UNRWA radiation, you really have to understand the math of special relativity uh, and even some general relativity. You have to understand why different frames will, would see a different temperature to the universe. Um, <laughs> it's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh it really is, and you get to the point where you 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 take these things for granted how wild they are, because you just, you keep moving on, and you keep understanding more and more. Right. Um, the Higgs mechanism is wild. There is some force out there. There's some. It, it's like it's as if you had enclosed the universe in between two plates and you charged it with a magnetic charge so there's some charge in the universe that's there Mm -hmm. it's just there no idea where it comes from it just is there and you can pull as much charge as you want from it you can put as much charges into it and it doesn't change it's an infinite it's 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 a infinite well of this higgs charge it's called a condensate okay uh and that just exists it's just there and we don't really have a good explanation for it we just know that this is how the interaction works on that very fundamental level we know why it's there it's something called a vacuum expectation value we can understand it because we see it in superconduct in superconductors we can understand it because we can we can pull apart this thing and we can apply it to the other stuff and it's the same physics okay Smoke weed every day. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> Some of my more interesting tweets are under the influence. That reminds me. Let me pull this up then. Ah, come on. 
You dumb thing. It's on there, but uh, you know, I want to hear actual mashup, not just a sample, but a mashup of Son of a Preacher Man and this song. Oh, you know, because it's sampled, right? I yeah. want to hear someone mash up the lyrics and everything. You can do it. It's probably in there already. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure the internet has it. It is the internet, right? That kind of thing would happen. It's one of the easiest mashups to do, right? <laughs> Hits from a preacher. All right. Hits from a preacher. Here, I can play it. (laughs) It might get into it. It might just be this intro. hoping there'd be more entwined yeah right? not just a verse versus a verse versus a verse you can just let that roll see if it gets any better but it sounds like they're just doing a verse to a verse yeah it's, it's, it's i want something probably, more yeah. back and forth it that would take effort <laughs> yeah this one was but yeah so i mean I'll try to see if I can come up with a way or find something that that explains this better. But yeah, so photons I mean, are so like the magnetic thing, right? If you think about it, like a topologically, right? You, if you imagine, I know you hate the rubber sheet for gravity, uh-huh. but you know, if you extract the note, the the intuitive feel that humans have for gravity, mm-hmm. and kind of make that the keyed force of the thing right mm-hmm. like using that as your key 
that's the keyed force, you can use that for gravity. The sheet works fine. Yeah. You can use it for... Well, the interesting thing So about- you showed me that video where the guy had that elastic sheet with the rulers mm-hmm. and it showed the twisting mm-hmm. and all that. And yes, it gives you a different point of view. But I didn't think that the... Like, I didn't feel like you and the presenter that the old method was... Um, was as wrong as, as as he did, right? Where, you know, for me, it's like I'm able to step back and look at a 40-year-old with 3D tools, you know, like I'm keying yeah. on a certain dimension. And if you look at magnets the same way, right, you have two really strong magnets and they're pushing apart from each other. Imagine, you know, a hill, a peak there, you mm-hmm. know, it's they're, you're pushing like them up a hill, right? So when I'm, if I like close my eyes and imagine like little like topographic lines going up, like, and the poorer you push it, the closer they get. Or if you pull, or if you flip the magnet around, right, it's a valley and they want to slap together. Right, yeah. You know, it, it helps. Again, it's attraction yeah. to the bottom yeah. of the hill. Yeah, the, the, the concept is exactly right. It's yeah. potential. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's the concept of a potential well. Uh, but the reason why the gravity thing, it, it feels wrong is because, well, first of all, it's not a 2D sheet. And second of all, it's space and time itself. It's not just space. And so it gives... So it's not a 2D sheet, yes. But especially if you're using it to demonstrate orbits on with marbles, mm-hmm. the solar system is mostly on a plane. So it you it's fine. Yeah, but it, the galaxy is mostly when on you a plane. use the sheet thing like that, you notice that you can't really get a stable orbit going. Right, it doesn't work. Well, yes, there's friction. There's, uh, and so that that really hurts the analogy. It's, it's a it's it's a starting point. It's the first demonstration. Yeah, yeah. No, it, you it, come it's back a... to class the next day and you explain where that demonstration is wrong. You know, it's like when we learned chemistry and we learned not the I... orbital shells, but we learned yeah. two two electrons in the first ring, and we learned ring atoms, uh-huh. and they taught us ring atoms, and they didn't say the entire year. That this isn't quite right. That you'll learn more later, but it's like this is you know we it was taught to me like this is it yeah and then we come back you know two years later and it's like that was not right this is right yeah and then you learn that that's not really right and you get to a point where all right here's the best way we understand it and we're still kind of confused uh right I just would have liked it better if. I knew going into what year was that? Uh, tenth or eleventh grade chemistry. That, or no, it's probably earlier than that, right? It must have been ninth grade science or something. Here we're going to teach you the ring, you know, atom rings, mm-hmm. you know, electron rings, but this isn't the whole story. You know, yeah. no one ever said this isn't the whole story. No one said that in two years you're going to learn something that basically says this is wrong. <laughs> you know, they never warned me. Yeah, I mean, it's like the virtual particle thing. It's a heuristic model that mm-hmm. they're teaching you to get the concept across. But it's a lot deeper, and there's a lot more stuff to it. And so I, 
I dislike those methods of, of talking about it because you are missing major components. I mean, I, I feel like there are there should be ways to teach these concepts without without really um, misleading people as to what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk about enough a small enough concept that you can say, all right, this is actually happening, but with all these other things happening. So you, you, you split up into the, the small things that actually happen, then you build those up together. We got the Beatles versus Joan Jett versus Cypress Hill versus House of Pain versus RATM in this mashup. So. Sounded interesting. <laughs> it's not terrible. Uh... So, yeah. So let me see. So, it took me a while to get how electra, the electric field and the magnetic field are just different aspects of the same. Thing. So I don't, I don't know if I have it down enough to be able to teach it very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just. Remember, remember when I was talking about electron. An electron has one certain spin, mm-hmm. right? And if you were not moving as fast as it was, it would be one way. But if you move faster than it, you would you could have a different perspective on yeah, it and right. see the mm-hmm. electron moving in a different spin, yeah. even though mm-hmm. it's the same electron. Sure, that applies to electromagnetic fields. That there is a field that looks like an electric field, but from another perspective, it looks like a magnetic field. And so that is the that's where this oscillation comes from. Okay. Interesting thing is that like gravitation and electromagnetism are very interesting because they both fall off at one over r squared. Okay. The weak force and the strong force don't have that same kind of effect. Like Electromagnetism and gravity are infinite. Mm-hmm. They keep going forever. Right. Uh, weak force is there's these massive bosons and they don't last long. So it doesn't they don't right. get anywhere. The particles decay at a, before they can reach a certain distance. Right. So the force does not exist right. the particles decay. Got it. Gluons is different. There's this thing called well, the, the name is called asymptotic freedom, but you know the way about that. Essentially, they're confined to a very small, to a very small area. They can't get out. Uh, it's as if there's like a fog that they can't move through past a certain distance. But it's not a decay. It's not a decay as as such. It's interesting. It's, I figured the decay was going to be the mechanism to have forces that stop. The decay is the mechanism for the weak force, but the right. decay is not. Gluons don't decay, but they are confined to being only in that extremely small space of the individual uh, quarks themselves. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even get as far as the distance of a proton. It doesn't get anywhere near that far. Right. Um, and that's because of this weird thing where you have to. where you can't have bare quarks. Okay. 
so it's sort of like you can kind of think of it as like a dipole thing, but it's, it's you can have bear, tripole. You can have bear quarks at hot enough temperatures, right? You can have a quark go on plasma, but you still can't get quarks outside of that. Okay, right. Um, but yeah, you can't have you can't pull a quark out of a two quark like a meson that's you know two quarks. You can't pull a quark out because the 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 force doesn't decrease with distance the force stays the same so you actually then increasing the energy by pulling them apart mm -hmm. and at a certain point then you have put so much energy into the system that is more energetically favorable for two quarks to appear oh. out of the energy and turn into two two quark systems if you try to pull them apart right that's 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 pretty cool right i mean i get it so you're pulling and pulling and pulling you're adding energy to the system and there's so much energy between those two quarks that it manifests. The best way out of that problem is to manifest new quarks. Mm -hmm. So you're making matter from energy. Basically, yeah. The energy that you're putting in by pulling right. them apart. Right. All that, all that energy that's banked goes over the ledge and says, you know what? I'm just going to fucking make matter here. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Easy. It's easier than than you pulling on me. Get the fuck off my back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that there's a, that's the that's the way the strong force operates. That's confinement, and it's really it's fascinating. Um, but it it's a lot more difficult to understand than uh, than electromagnetism and, and gravity as a propagation. I think I've heard that before about the quarks, but that's that's a fascinating little little tip there. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Have a good night, everybody. Hour and a half. Jeez. So will we uh, next um, next week? You'll be gone. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure something out.